Each week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y Charts. Quality data with easy to use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of Y Charts for the price of 12, plus a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, June 10th, 2019. I am Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me on today's show. And I hope you will call me with your investing questions. It always makes the show better when we can tap into your mind, tap into what really worries you, what really is front and center for you and your financial picture. Now, when and if you call, you will take charge and shape the show to your advantage. So remember, our goal here on Invest Talk is to help you achieve financial freedom. This means that we want to make you a better investor. And we do this by using our philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Now, today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to move you incrementally along the path to financial freedom. Your own version of financial freedom. Everyone's version is a little bit different. Just like your version of a great life is different than your brothers or your sisters or your cousins or your neighbors. Maybe similar in some ways, but everybody's a little bit different. So your journey is going to be a little bit different as well. So don't hesitate to give us a call. And tell us what's on your mind. Simple as that. Now, the main talking point today concerns this opinion that the market is terrible at predicting Federal Reserve interest rate moves. Now, obviously, with the recent market sell-off, you've seen the expectations for Fed action take a sharp turn. And there's a really interesting chart out right now that's showing that the market tends to be pretty bad at figuring out when the Fed is actually going to move, at least when they're looking out longer term. So that's what we're going to talk about today, but I have some others as well. One is about value versus growth. Value versus growth investing and the fact that Value is at the largest discount to growth stocks over the last 30 years. I think that'll be interesting to touch on as well. Also, new regulation out of the SEC. What does this mean for the average person's relationship with financial advisors and brokers? We're going to touch on that. And then, does the Fed really need to? Cut rates, Uh, like I said, the market's pricing it in, but do they really need to? 
we're going to talk about that as well. So those, that's what's on my mind, but ultimately I want to know what is on your mind. And what might be on your mind is, what did the market do today? Well, the market was up slightly, not a big up day by any means, and we closed near the lows of the day. So you've had a decent rally on the renewed talk from Jeremy Powell about cutting rates, despite the problems on the trade war front. Shouldn't shock anybody. The market's been addicted to QE for a while now. Addicted to low rates. And what does a drug addict do when you give them a little bit more drugs? Well, they get pretty excited. And that's kind of what you've seen over the last couple uh, weeks or so. Overall, Still kind of the market's been flat for about a year and a half now. You look at the major indexes. You filter out a few of the largest companies in the world. Market's been flat. We're in a very indecisive time in the markets. Do we break up? Do we break down? A lot depends on political and central bank action over the next few years. So we can talk about that, and we can talk about anything that is that I just I just spoke about, and that's what I have planned for today's show. But first, let's grab a question from our anytime listener line at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Hunter from Ohio. I really appreciate your show and look forward to listening to it basically every single day. And I just had a a quick question. I just turned eighteen not too long ago, so I started doing some investing, and since I don't have a ton of money. I was wondering what you would recommend for young investors. I can withstand quite a bit of risk, but I also know that that's not always a good thing. So I was just wondering what you would think about how would you go about starting as a young investor? That's going to be it. Thanks. And I look forward to hearing the answer. Bye. This is a question I get very often. And it's always a difficult one because there's so much really to learn. But just like anything in life, you have to start somewhere. And just like anything in life, you need to learn from other people who have done it before you to give you some sort of basis, right? Some foundation. And I always say reading books, reading as many books as you can. Uh, we have a book list on investtalk.com, so there's plenty of suggestions there. Uh, but certainly those aren't the only good books uh, to read as well. So that's first off. Now, if you don't have a lot of money, uh, you could set up a Robinhood account. Not a bad way to go. Uh, definitely wouldn't be placing any market orders because they sell their order flow to high frequency traders but you know if you want to use market orders or sorry uh, limit orders that's certainly fine individual stocks you you get a better sense of how they work and how companies work uh, when you invest with them individually you could use a an ETF that would diversify you immediately 
and you're going to understand kind of the ebbs and flows in the market, but I don't think you learn as much with that. I think you learn more with individual stocks. And I would try to not get too focused on one particular sector of the market. Many young people do that. They get interested in what's exciting. That's usually technology or recent IPOs. And that's a good way to get burned. You said you're willing to take a lot of risk, and that's okay. So maybe you, you, you can dabble there. But I think it's best to focus on owning names in, in various industries and understand how to analyze each one, each industry, and use those as lesson points. Okay, I want to buy a company in, say, the utilities industry. Then go about figuring out how to find the best one for you. Whether it's a high growth utility, high dividend, whatever it is, you figure that out. And use those as use cases for building your knowledge around the market as a whole. So I hope that helped. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want you to be aware of a very special upcoming financial event in Southern California. I'm talking about the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It is set for January 22nd, so just about a week and a half away in Irvine, California. We're going to help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. We'll give you a plan to boost income and manage your investment risk, and we'll define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. So please make plans to join us on June 22nd from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Justin Klein is here now taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Well, it's amazing how much things can change in just one week. We've rallied about 1,300 points in on the Dow Oh, since last Monday until this morning. Despite bad news on the trade front with uh, with Mexico and China, Mexico a little better, right? We had somewhat of a, of a resolution, it seems like. The Fed has issued some reassuring guidance on interest rates. And President Trump and President Xi will meet at the upcoming G20 summit. And the big question is, will they strike a deal? I'm going to go with no. I do not think they're going to strike a deal. Why? Because I think China will play the long game. But obviously, time will tell. What else? We have retailers laying off more people. Retailers have laid off over 50,000 workers just since the beginning of the year. 
Store closings are increasing, and UBS has estimated there will be as many as 20,000 store closures before year end. And we obviously know this is a, a long story uh, that isn't changing trajectory, and I don't think will for the foreseeable future until we reach some sort of equilibrium. Because I think that's what it will eventually be. I think it will be a point where there is a need for some sort of brick-and-mortar presence, right? People need things now. People want to go and touch certain type of items, try certain types of items. And I think there will be always be a place for that. But retailers also have to add more than just inventory. They have to add service and experience within the store. They have to offer service in the home. I just had a Best Buy here uh, last week installing products and purchased from them because they helped us. So those are the things that are going to separate the everyday brick and mortar store from those that can survive the age of Amazon. And speaking of Amazon, they're launching a new credit card for people with bad credit. They're partnering partnering with Synchrony Financial. It's going to call be called the Amazon Credit Builder allows users to build up credit through a secured card. Gives them budgeting tools and tips to improve their financial life. So if you have bad credit, it might be a good way for you to work on that. And then you eventually graduate to another Amazon store card once they have established a certain level of credit. So that's a big that's big news as well for those that, you know, might have struggled in the past with their credit. Now, this is Invest Talk, and we have started the second trading week of June. And for many of you, it may seem like time is racing by, and you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape right now. But don't worry, you are not alone at Invest Talk and KPP Financial. We want to help you reach your goals of financial freedom so please feel free to contact myself or steve peasley anytime at kp financials irvine california office and now i'm taking your finance and investment questions live at 888-99 chart kpp financials summer invest talk wealth conference has been set for saturday june 22nd in Irvine, California. You can learn more and purchase tickets right now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio show and podcast continues. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. He's asking about Amazon. You want to buy it, sell it, or give it away? Uh, sell it. <laughs> sell it. Okay. You want to short uh, it? Yeah. No, no, sell it. Um, I um, I bought shares of Amazon uh, at about the price it's at today, and um, mm-hmm. I it took a while to get back. You know, it it tanked in December, and then it it's kind of slowly 
come back. And I just I felt bad at buying it at such a high price. And I'm thinking I've been raising cash as the market just keeps going up. And I was thinking I, I have 10 shares of it. I thought I would maybe I should sell it since I got back to where, to where I was. Uh, I wanted your advice about that. Yeah, I, I do think Amazon and the rest of the tech names are are very frothy at these levels. Uh, certainly, a lot of headwinds. Amazon's headwinds are, are twofold: uh, the the regulation that looks to be coming down the pipeline uh, around uh, from the Department of Justice and uh, um, the FTC, etc., and potential maybe breaking up monopoly type of uh, type of regulation. I, I think that might take a little while to come to fruition, but you're certainly going to get bouts of worries from the market like we saw uh, a few couple weeks ago. Uh, but also, a bulk of the earnings, the vast majority of this earnings growth that you've seen from Amazon is coming from Amazon Web Services, uh, you know, their cloud-based uh, platform. And there's certainly a lot of competition there. Uh, and the likes of uh, uh, Microsoft and others are doing their best to compete. Uh, and I think the growth on that side is likely to slow. So I would be taking my chips off the table uh, for Amazon. And technically, it does look like it is weak on the longer-term weekly basis. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the call, John. Let's go to Shri in Texas looking at VTB, which is the Vanguard Value Index Fund. You there, Shri? Hi, Steve. Hi, it's Justin, yes. Hi. You're, you're asking about VTV, correct? Yes, that's right, and I'm sorry about that. No problem. Are you looking to buy it? Do you own it? Uh, no, I'm looking to buy it. Okay. Well, this kind of ties in with our main talking point, or, or yeah, our main talking point about value versus growth. And in this article, actually, they they speak about VTV versus VGU, and it's it's at a historical uh, spread from a cheapness standpoint. So if you're looking long, long term. Uh, you know the, the the ebbs and flows and cycles of value versus growth uh, tend to be long, and we've had a decade plus of growth doing better than value, and so relatively, value is a much better place to be. So, uh, if you're looking for the next 20, 30 years, you're likely going to have more periods over that time that value is going to outperform growth. Now, if the whole market goes down, it doesn't mean that you're going to escape the downside because you're in value versus growth. It just likely will mean growth will go down a lot more than value. Okay, so if you're looking at absolute uh, near-term, um, you know, increase in price, you know, I don't love it. But if you are looking longer term to maybe rebalance your portfolio, add to your portfolio into some sort of a, a, a passive type of index fund. You could do a lot worse than VTV, um, so it just depends on what your goals are. What what are your goals, Shri? Uh, long term. Okay. Then yeah, I would be uh, I would be adding this to your portfolio. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for the call. Now, news about multi-million user user data breaches is almost commonplace these days with um, cloud platforms 
ubiquitous. And if you're affected, it can be pretty harmful. And last week, there was a disturbing headline. Quest Diagnostics says 11.9 million patients may be affected by the latest data breach. Billing and payment information for almost 12 million patients could have been compromised from that breach. So if you maybe have your information from Quest, I know I do, <laughs> uh, then you might want to check on that. And that, that, uh, that could be an issue for you. So be aware of that and do your due diligence. See if that is something that might affect you, your, your health data and your payment data as well. 8899 chart, 8899 So you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's talk a little bit about the, the difference between value and growth. And obviously Warren Buffett is the godfather of growth and or value investing, and he's built billion dollar empire on it. And right now, value is at its biggest discount to growth stocks in the last 30 years, right? Because the Netflix and Amazons of the world have such sky-high valuations. And the the relative price-to-book spread of the cheapest S&P 500 stocks to the most expensive S&P 500 stocks is nine times. That's near records. So it just shows it's a good time to be allocating away from growth and into value. Now, tomorrow on Invest Talk, when the herd gets spooked, this is what a stock market crash could look like. Steve's going to touch on that tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888 chart This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. By harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference, Saturday, June 22nd. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have about 24 minutes left in the show, so get your call in now. Now, after an ugly month of May in the markets, The Federal Reserve has indicated that they're likely to reduce interest rates at some point by the end of the year. And the markets are pricing in about a 90 plus percent chance that they will do so in 
the month of September when they meet. There's a decent chance it'll happen in July, but I, I don't think so. Now, there's a recent note out from a Deutsche Bank analyst that explains that while these expectations sometimes come to fruition, over the past decade or so, the Fed Fund's futures market, which, which, which is what I'm speaking of, has been wrong more often than they've been right. About more than a dozen times before they started raising interest rates in 2016, the fin, fun, sorry, the Fed Fund's futures market expected rates to rise about a dozen different times. And that was all backtracked and, you know, an expectation of a rise actually became more QE and a continuation of ZERP or zero interest rate policy. And then once they did start to raise interest rates, the expectations started to go the other way where the expectations were the Fed to pause. And this has happened another couple dozen times or I say dozen times. But the Fed kept raising interest rates. So the big question now is, will that happen again? Will the Fed funds futures market be wrong? And I think to a degree it will. Why? Because while the economy is slowing, we are not at a level in the equity markets, in the credit markets, where things are looking dire. Looking weaker, but not dire. And I think the Fed will pause for as long as they can. While they are beholden to market moves, clearly, they're more beholden to market disruptions, right? And I think you saw that in December where the corporate credit markets kind of froze up. You didn't have any high yield credit issuance for about a month and a half. And I think that was a clear indication that things were seizing up. And that's what the Fed does not want in any way, shape, or form. Thus, why they have pivoted from expectations of rate hikes this year to now rate cuts. And while the markets are pricing in two rate cuts in 2019... I don't think that is my base case unless you see some really precipitous sell-off in the summer months, which certainly could happen. But right now, markets are 5% off of all-time highs. Credit markets, while weakening, are not breaking out. So I wouldn't get too caught up in this rate hike narrative until you see more disruption in the market, which 
with the trade war, with weakening earnings outlook, with weakening economic outlook globally, could build on itself and turn into a bigger downturn. And if so, then yes, I think the Fed will pivot to actual cuts. But I think they'll wait for a more clear picture. And I think what you're going to see is in July when they meet, they're going to use the word patient. If they continue to use the word patient, then September rate hikes are likely off the table. But that doesn't mean December's are off as well. So just be aware. That's my opinion. Just my opinion. I could be definitely wrong. Let's go to Steve in Iowa looking at some leveraged ETFs or you have a question about them? Yeah, Justin, thanks for taking my call. I uh, I heard you mention that the tracking error associated with the 2X and 3X leveraged ETFs. Um, I just wonder if you could briefly touch on what you mean by the tracking error with those kind of funds. Okay. What you? What's your... What's your question? Uh, I guess if if you hold it long term, uh, if you hold one of these funds long term, does it not actually mimic what's going on in the, the index that's trying to parallel? Is that what you mean by the tracking error? Yes, um, there there's problems with the math of you know, say something goes down thirty uh, percent and some another uh, instrument goes down sixty percent, right? You have to rally a lot more when you're up down 60% than you do 30%. So that's that's a basic explanation, but there's also the cost of the leverage, right? Uh, this Creating leverage uh, is never free, so there's that cost as well. So yes, you're right. It does not mimic exactly that two-for-two two or three-for-three three relationship that you would expect long-term. Now, over a couple-day period, maybe a couple-week period, it will get very close, but over a longer period, months, years, that tracking error uh, will create massive discrepancies in the overall performance. Now, as long as it trends in one particular direction, hopefully the direction that you you want it to go in, then you know it can still do very, very well. But once that volatility picks up, ups and downs uh, of that index or whatever it's tracking, that tracking error picks up as well. So you aren't going to get the same performance. Now, you could get better than the single levered, right? Like I'm sure the, the double levered uh, NASDAQ ETF over the past 10 years has done better than the single levered, but I can guarantee you it hasn't done twice as good, right? But you have obviously twice as much volatility. So risk versus reward you know, not quite as good, but in an overall basis, I'm sure it's done done better. But once you get into a recession and that that goes down, it's going to go down much much faster. So there's that tracking error is very very dangerous over the long term. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Steve. I'm Justin Klein, and you are listening to Invest Talk. So I think it's safe to say and to assume that you are serious about investing if you're listening to Invest Talk and you want to grow your wealth, right? And that's what we're here to help you do. And of course, you make your investment choices and there's always there will always be a bit of fear that creeps into your judgment process. And it's one of the reasons why we're here to try to even out that fear, make sure that you don't let emotions creep into your, your decision-making process. 
but we also know that it's inevitable to some degree. And our advice is to help you deal with that reality is to define your investment comfort zone. And at KP Financial, we help you do that anytime you are ready. And we use that, uh, we do that using our free online tool at investtalk.com. It's put out by Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire, and you can check it out there, and it will calibrate your personal risk tolerance, and you'll be able to figure out whether you're taking more or less risk than you actually should. But for now, I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Managing multiple mutual funds, researching professional services, where to put your savings. If it's about money and if it's important to you, we want to know more about it. We're here for you. 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve or Justin right now on Talk. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is James Willits from Orlando, Florida. First off, thank you guys so much for this podcast. I listen to it while I do laps around my office parking lot on my breaks. Uh, it truly helps reconfirm how I think. I feel like we correlate very well. Um, it gives me great insight, and I have to say your public service is admired and greatly appreciated. Now, I'm not new to investing, but I am new to having my actual money in the market. Um, I've done lots of paper trading. I know with minimal funds, it is ideal to look into ETFs. But I am 33, and I feel like I wanted to be a little more risky, so I just have a handful of stocks. I was curious on two stocks in my limited portfolio. I'm in it for long term, so speculative short term doesn't really influence my decision so much. I have been following Corning, GLW, so I went in at around $32. It is hovering at around 30 now. I'll probably put more money into it. Um, I was just curious on your take of the company and the 5G optics glass future. Also, I was curious about how you felt about Canopy Growth, CGC. Would you look at smaller valued companies or would you continue with CGC if you were in it? Um, thank you again. Love the show. All right, let's start off with Corning. Uh, they obviously make Gorilla Glass that is probably in your cell phone if you have an iPhone. For example, they make uh, sub glass substrates for LCDs, optical fiber, cables for communication, ceramic pollution control products. So they're obviously an industrial name, fairly diversified, but uh, and certainly exposed to the trade war. So there's some worries about that. But like you said, you're not really worried about the short-term ups and downs. And... So you're looking long-term. And what I always do is I say, what is the long-term profitability of this name tend to look like? And over the long-term, the return on invested capital, return on equity looks pretty good. Return on invested capital tends to range in the uh, low teens and return on equity in the mid to high teens, which is or which are both very, very solid numbers. Modest debt, uh, 2% dividend yield, and payout ratio of only about 32%, and they've continued to raise their dividend uh, pretty much since 2000 and, what is this, 11? Yeah, 2011, continuously. So I like that, the dividend growth rate, and the fact that they have long-term strong profitability. Now, CGC is going to be a little bit different. This is Canopy Growth Corporation, and this is in the marijuana industry. 
And there's obviously a lot of speculation with that industry. And its market cap is 15 billion versus Corning, which was 21 billion. Revenue trailing 12 month for Canopy is 118 million, whereas Corning, back to that, Corning was uh, 11 billion. So you can see the difference in valuation there. And there's been a, there's a lot of growth expectations already built in to a name like Canopy Growth Corporation. So I think if you're looking to get exposure to the marijuana space, you want to look for something that has a little bit more reasonable valuation. Because uh, I think there's there's a lot of probably, I don't want to say scams, but probably not very well-run companies in the cannabis space uh, that are public. And long-term, they're going to get eaten by the ones that operate better. It's very difficult to understand which ones that will be because it's such a young industry. But that's why I rather look for lower value names that are just naturally going to grow with the overall industry and still get a, a decent piece of the pie and you get a better valuation than something that's already worth $15 billion and is going to have to grow massively to get even close to justifying that type of valuation. Let's go to Jake in Manhattan. He's asking about China. Hey, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well. How's how's uh, the East Coast? It's doing well. Nice and stormy over here right now. Um, but yeah, good, I have a good quick question good on, um, on uh, Chinese tech stocks. When do you think it's the right time to get back in? It seems like they've been pretty beat down. And specifically, I'm talking about the bat, the bat uh, trio, and then some stocks like YY and Hoya in the live streaming space. Just wanted to get your take on those. Well, China is certainly going through some growing pains with the the trade war, but uh, also there, yeah, there was some social unrest there over the weekend. I don't know uh, if that was talked about very much, uh, which is, I think, a big worry for China. Uh, they haven't really had much of that over the past twenty years because their standard of living has gone up so so dramatically. Now that the the economy is slowing. You're 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 gonna see probably some of that. Now, does that turn into a Tiananmen Square type of uh, events? You know, I don't know, uh, but it just tells me that the problems in China I don't think are ending soon. So I would not be that excited about getting into them uh, until there's some sort of resolution with the trade war, and I don't see that really coming that happening anytime soon. Uh, how bad will it be for China? I don't know. Uh, but they're certainly going to have some pain in the near term because they're going to play the long game. And in the, when you play the long game, you tend to take some pain in the short term. And that might be the right strategy. Definitely might be. But I don't think that is going to be very advantageous for their stocks in the near term or their economy in the near term. So I would hold off for now. Technically, uh, you know, I'm looking at Alibaba, for example, Certainly weak, making lower highs, lower lows, and so I would stay away from those that space right now. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve your version of financial freedom, and our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now. We're going to the last segment at 888-99-CHART. Can you believe it? We are fast moving through June and the second quarter of 2019. 
Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Tom in San Ramon. He's asking about Beyond Meat. Yeah. Hi, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, that's my question. You want to buy it, sell it, give it away? What do you want to do? No, I just wanted to get, get a perspective from you because uh, it's been uh, going up uh, since the IPO. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. had a strong start since the since the IPO, and you know I've, I say this a lot. You know, usually uh, IPOs tend to pop over the first few months. Uh, this one certainly popped a lot more than I think most have expected. Uh, gone up a few hundred percent, and it's a name that it looks to finally be profitable. Four cents in earnings expected for next year. $10 billion market cap, price of $168. So as you can see, a $0.04 cent per share earnings on a $168 price target is an astronomical P ratio, but it is growing dramatically. Uh, they're working on capacity. There is rumor, and that's what I think is uh, driving it right now, there's rumor that they're going to make a deal with McDonald's. Uh, and typically you get a buy the rumor, sell the news type of thing. And buy the rumor often gets uh, exacerbated and intensified up into uh, or uh, during the initial IPO phase, right? Uh, because the float is very minimal uh, and so prices move fast uh, because there's not a lot of supply out there. Uh, and so I think this will probably have some sort of, I think it's topping out actually near term you saw some pretty big volume today, and I think that is indication that we're near the end of this initial IPO pop. Um, so I would actually, if you could short it uh, cheaply, I would do it. I've heard the cost of short is very, very high for this name, uh, so I would use maybe puts. But uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't be buying it here from a valuation perspective. I mean, they upped guidance by five million dollars for the year. And the the valuation went up by a few billion, uh, which you know just doesn't make sense. So from a long term value perspective, I cannot cannot recommend it here. Uh, from a momentum standpoint, it looks to be topping out, but I could see it easily going from here to maybe two hundred dollars a share. But it's highly speculative uh, and extremely risky. And this is a name that will likely reverse you know forty fifty dollars a share in one day. Uh, especially when the lockup period ends, which is you know likely a, a couple more months from now. So I wouldn't be owning uh, it here, Tom. Got it, got it. Yeah, thanks for your insight, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Uh, looks like we're going to wrap up the show, and I just want to touch quickly on the new SEC regulation that is looks to have passed three to one to adopt a package of new rules and interpretations that are designed to enhance the quality and transparency of retail investors' relationship with investment advisors and broker dealers. It's called the Reg BI Reg Regulation Best Interest, and while I think it's a nice step, and it's going to add some disclosures to what clients are going to have to sign. I don't think it really goes far enough because 
lawyers are going to bury this language into the paperwork that clients sign, and they're. I don't think the business model of brokers having major conflicts of interest are going to change much because they're going to be able to lawyer it up, throw some legalese into some documents, and as we all know, we tend to just sign the, at the bottom line and we don't read the language because it's confusing, it's complex, and if you're looking for a financial advisor, often you aren't able to understand uh, the complexities of the industry. So it just shows you that you need to be extra diligent. Make sure you're working with a fiduciary. Don't rely on some sort of disclosure. Right? Ask directly, are you a fiduciary? If you're not working with a fiduciary, you're likely being taken. I'm Justin Klein. And this completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.